historic week of rugby that's happened uh, not here in this country obviously or in New Zealand the uh, the season's over for now but we're talking about what international rugby is going to be looking like um, in this COVID world uh, obviously we've seen the startling uh, results up in the UK with the Lions pumping Japan but you know that was uh, foreseeable and uh, we've got the South Africans um, they've uh, had a bit of a COVID scare. They've got some COVID in their squad. Um, but to help me dissect all of this once again is uh, Wendell Hussey. And Wendell's joining me via telephone this week because he is down in New South Wales. Wendell, how is everything down there? Oh, mate, it's uh, not too bad. I'm actually isolating at the moment. A uh, little bit of a sniffle after the weekend. So unfortunately, I had to go and get the test. And you know how long these things take. I'm actually in a regional centre at the moment. So Everything takes a whole heap longer, particularly um, in regards to health matters. You'll be off for about a week. I actually had a COVID test uh, down in uh, Baronga, down uh, on the New South Wales side of uh, the Murray River down there at uh, Mildura, and it took nine days. Yeah, right. Nine days. um, That's the state of health out in the regions, really. I guess I should uh, head down to the eastern suburbs of Sydney or inner Brisbane, somewhere like that, if I want to get my test turned around. But yeah, look, you know, passing my time with a little bit of Wimbledon, Errol, which started overnight, which is on um, Stan Sport as well. Of course, Stan Sport bringing you this podcast, but they've got Wimbledon. So it was quite nice to lie on my couch in isolation and watch, unfortunately, Novak Djokovic get the win. Was looking in a bit of trouble, but yeah, nice watching the uh, the grass court tennis. But anyway, yeah, it is, as you mentioned, another bumper week of rugby. We'll um, talk about the Wallabies matches getting rescheduled as well, which is probably a pretty good place to start, really, isn't it, Errol? It is, Wendell, because the rugby gods, they are smiling down on the people of Sydney because of their uh, lockdown, the uh, the re-emergence of this pangolin wrath that's uh, taken the world by storm. It's forced the rugby test that was going to be going ahead uh, at the end of the week at the SCG to be postponed. And, you know, as I've always told you, Wendell, every time they play a game of rugby of any code at the SCG, it's always a shithouse experience because it's like watching fucking gold ants run up against some blue ants. You'd be better off up in the International Space Station catching a glimpse of the fucking game as it goes over because you'd have a better view. Yeah, it's um well noted, your favourite rugby ground in the world, the cauldron that is the SCG. Maybe even just getting like a top floor balcony spot at somewhere in Paddington or one of those pubs there in Surrey Hills, maybe getting up on Cleveland Street, I think it is, and getting into a balcony pub and trying to spy it. You'd probably be as close to the game there. So they have moved that game up to Brisbane and unfortunately they have... Thank um, God. Yeah, yeah. So Sydney's loss is Brisbane's win, which is something that um, is probably much needed after that State of Origin match on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But it's potentially going to be a little bit of a tricky one because they moved it up there so they can have crowds. But news coming out of Queensland over the last couple of days, bit of that spicy cough getting around. 
Yeah, but it's not a lot. I mean, they could just have, you know, one game. Like, if they want to have a completely risk-free environment to be playing this game, having a maximum crowd, they should honestly be playing it down at Bell Reeve in Hobart. I mean, that's <laughs> that's as safe as it's going to get, but they're not going to do that because, God love them, the Tasmanians, you know, just like to uh, pay my respects to the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Uh, that's the uh, mm. state team down there. Look, they're just not a big rugby community down there in Tasmania. I mean, you know, the code has, you know, invested hundreds of dollars over the past, you know, 50 or so years to try and get a foothold there. But, you know, AFL is just too strong down there in Tasmania and rugby just hasn't got a foothold. So I guess there's only really two options. It's either Sydney or it's across in Brisbane. Yeah, Adam Coleman, the only diamond to come out of the Tasmanian rough down there in a rugby sense. Um the whole of the AFL looks like it might be moving down to Tasmania. So, yeah, it's probably not an option, unfortunately. It's up in Brisbane. It would be uh, interesting to see. Hopefully, we don't get there, but it'd be interesting if Brisbane lose the ability to have crowds as well and they just play it in front of an empty stadium at Suncorp. But empty stadium at Suncorp, better than an empty stadium at the SCG. I think we can we can all agree on that one. Well, yeah, mate. It was always going to be empty, mm. uh, the SCG. It's, you know, at least up in... Queensland, I guess you, you could really call them the uh, Victorians of the North because mm. if there's a sporting event on there, they they come out in droves. Yeah, and particularly when they can watch a team that's going to beat another team from outside of Queensland. They love, love that, don't they? Oh, yeah. Like, this game was shaping up to be a fairly even contest. Mm. It might even be one where, you know, we might even get up and win which is that's a key ingredient to getting people to games is getting w's and i think like getting some good strong w's against the french who had a pretty good season in in the uh six nations Mm. but um getting some w's in queensland i think that's going to really put this code back on an even key wins are the greatest currency of all you're right there um, unfortunately, though, the Wallaroos two-test series against Samoa is actually being postponed because of this little outbreak down in Sydney. They were going to play before the Wallabies and the French there, which is um, it's a bit oh, yeah. of a shame that they've moved that till later in the year because of this. Um, you know, there is a World Cup next year. We need to get these games happening. But one positive out of it, I guess, is that um, Sydney rugby fans will now be treated to South Africa playing at the SCG at 3pm on a Sunday later on in the year around September or October, something like that. So you can watch little ants ping over penalty goals for 80 minutes, which would be very exciting. Mate, it's just got me fucked why they play games there. I mean, of all the places in that fucking city where you can play a game of rugby, they're playing it at the SCG. Of all places. I mean, just play it fucking manly. You know, they've got a nice one there. The Dragons have got a nice oval, you know. The fucking Sharks have a perfect one down at the Shire. Mm. They are are lovely grounds, all of those grounds. Picturesque. They're great for viewing as well on TV. You know, you like seeing a hill packed full of people having tins and enjoying themselves, kids running around with a footy. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, makes you feel good, I reckon. Yeah, and now they've got these games which are being played on a glorified ram paddock in fucking Moore Park. Mm. It defies it logic. It certainly does, yeah. It's, it's a real head-scratcher. There is some more good news for the people in New South Wales, though. They've got a new coach. They've got a new coach down there for the Waratahs. Darren Coleman. Mate, is it official yet? Not, have, they, uh, have they signed not 100% him? Not 100% pen to paper just yet. He's been offered the job, um, and apparently he is keen on it, I think. 
but yeah, hasn't been because um, he's over with the uh, he's over with the Giltinis mm. at the moment, isn't it? Uh, Darren yes, Coleman. Yes, the Randwick Giltinis, I believe, based in LA. There. Yep. <laughs> um, hopefully, he can bring back a f- his playing in a major league yeah, rugby. Major league rugby, dog. Um, so he's coaching over there. He had a heap of success with Warringah and Gordon. He won premierships with those two clubs and turned them around and did very, very well. So he went over to the Giltinis where he's just got a star-studded team who's just pumping the other American yeah. teams. But, I mean... So it looks like they've offered Darren two years um, at the helm, but he wants three, which is clever. I mean, you don't want to, you know, uproot your family and your life from LA to come back to coach the Waratahs only to get the sack after a year because the fucking board can't get enough cattle on the paddock for you. Yeah, exactly. What's the point of signing a two or a three year contract if you lose your first six games, uh, Darren, you're gone, mate, and there's yeah. someone else in. A couple of caretaker coaches to to look after this bunch of players they've got there. I'll tell you what, though, if they do give it to Darren, they have overlooked one of the greatest rugby minds in this country yet again in David Campesio. I mean, he's been crying out for this job for 20 years and they've just been so rude and they've completely ignored him. He's got such a wealth of rugby knowledge. I mean, sure, he's got his detractors from, you know, Queensland and New South Wales and, you know, the ACT and maybe a few in Victoria. Fucking heaps in New Mm. Zealand. But look, I mean, how much worse could things get at the Waratahs? I mean, what harm would putting David Campisi in there for a hot season? Just one season. Just sign him to a one-year deal and say, mate, sink or swim. I mean, you've finally got the big break that you always wanted. That you've been going on about a, for years. Yeah, mate, yeah, there you go, mate. You've got one season. Have a red-hot fucking crack. And if you win a game, fuck it, we'll give you two oh, seasons. Yes. It'd be very exciting, I can tell you. I feel like there'd be a lot of chip and chases, a lot of flick passes, a lot of flair. Be even more points uh, scored by the Waratahs next season than the season we've just had, I reckon, if Campo was installed. Yeah, he's been crying out for all these jobs. Um, I'm sure if Coleman gets it over him, he'll be finding his way into some social media groups to post about being spurned once again by the <laughs> setup and the organisation. Yeah, mate, I am anticipating his next column on Athlete's Voice <laughs> where he uh, airs all of his dirty laundry he has with Rugby Australia and the New South Wales Rugby Council, whatever the fuck they call themselves. But one thing that's interesting is that a couple of blokes in the coaching staff who are going with uh, Rob Penny back to Japan. Oh, yeah. Which uh, speaks kind of volumes of the man that Rob Penny was, I mm. think. Fuck, he was hard done mm. by. I mean, I mean... All of these other teams, you know, had all their Wallaby superstars there. And you've got Rob Penny, who's, you know, coaching a glorified Easts and Uni mm. team and just fucking doing the best he can. And you've got these old gibbers who just fucking threw him under the bus. It doesn't get any fucking harder no. than that. Well, look, at least he got paid. At least he got paid out um, for his contract when he had to, had to up sticks and get out of here there is something about rugby union where they just pay people out their contracts Mm. who is writing these contracts i mean they obviously don't have like a performance clause or anything in them where you know it's like if you don't achieve this predetermined set of criteria then we don't owe you full payout Mm. but they don't they just get some fucking you know some guy who played 20 games for the Brumbies in the mid-90s who knows some guy who now works at a law firm. He's a partner or something. He just gets some fucking 20-year-old kid that's just come out of Bond Uni to do these contracts. Mm. And they just end up 
burning millions and millions of dollars paying people out when they should just stick with yeah. them. Or paying people out because they uh, they say controversial things on Instagram that jeopardize all of their relationships with sponsors because they haven't worded the contract correctly. Yeah, I know. It's just Bush League stuff. I mean, it's... Speaking of contracts, Errol, there is another contract up for grabs at Rugby Australia, I believe. Yes, Wendell, there is a position at Rugby Australia, which there usually is every winter, you know, at the conclusion of the Super Rugby season, and that is for a senior marketing manager. So, so I think the job that they're looking for here, so this is for the king mm. pigeon. So this is for, like, one of the fancy pigeons with the mohawks, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, if you've ever seen a mob of pigeons mm. and you toss them some food, there's always one big pigeon mm. that just parts the sea and gets first dibs on the hot yep. chips so that's what they're advertising for one here. of those pigeons that look, bill Laurie used to have used to race one of those ones and look i've just been looking through what type of pigeon they want and it looks like they're setting people up to fail for this thing because the key responsibilities to be a senior marketing manager is just so opaque i mean like for the first one this is your key responsibility develop and execute marketing strategies that increase engagement of customers and grow new audiences across the rugby ecosystem what the fuck is the rugby ecosystem like is that just community rugby super rugby and national teams and brands i mean is that what they're talking about or are they just talking about this old boys club that just exists in the organization mm. and always has and probably always will until you know it goes back to an amateur era and then you got some person who comes along who just buys the entire thing and has to re-professionalize it with you know a bona fide sports administrator and just you know not some guy who used to be on a board now he's on this mm. board yeah it is its own ecosystem that that to me sounds a little bit like they're just trying to get the game watched and played outside of some inner city private schools that's what they're aiming to do is that is that yeah is am i understanding yep. that correctly so yep and then the second responsibility is is that you are responsible for rugby australia's brand management and then you're also responsible for creative campaign management, including design, implementation, and execution. Now, this is one gripe I have with this. It said, you can't ask a person, you can't ask a worker to be both creative and be on top of numbers because employing creative people, while it does have you know a lot of benefits, creative people can and will fuck a business. Mm. I mean, I have seen this time and time again. Unless you have some money people there with a big stick to belt the fuck out of these airy fairy creative people they will go ham i mean the concept of money for creative people it Mm. might not even exist i mean these are the types of people who don't have an orange card in their wallet they have a white one or a fucking pink one or something and then they just go tap 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 until it doesn't work and then when they get paid every fucking thursday it starts working Mm. again creative people those are creative people. yeah creative people aren't pigeons you, you can't put them in a cage they're they're no. you know, beautiful lorikeets that need to to fly around rainbow lorikeets um they're not made for cages they don't do well in cages do they no of course not i mean like and every company needs a cockatoo every company needs a corella mm. a less flashy cockatoo <laughs> they also need some galahs they need fucking magpies they need currawongs they need fucking you know indian mm. miners they need birds species of all but one thing that they do need are pigeons that work in marketing because there's no species of bird that is better at marketing than pigeons (laughs) this is one thing that i think is going to be fucking interesting for whoever the poor bastard is who gets this job 
another key responsibility is to leverage and maximize contra relationships with all of rugby's broadcast partners. I mean, like, I understand how they get contra with Qantas. It's like, well, you're going to fly us over to the World Cup and you're going to cover your most clapped out 747 in all this Wallabies garb. You're going to fly us over there and fly us back. That's going to be your contra. What contra would we have with fucking Cadbury? Mm. All right. Every Easter, you're going to provide all the Easter eggs. You know, Chocolates for I, everyone. Look, mate, I don't profess to know fucking anything about mm. marketing or how these businesses run i'm just a fucking journalist mm. but and then look you go all the way down the bottom and there's yeah complete budget management and reconciliation that is again you can't have creative marketing people doing budgets no, it just no. doesn't work and the one under that it just says quote purchasing negotiations what the fuck does that mean i mean like <laughs> i don't know don't oh, know just, just like it's got me yeah, fucked and then here it goes and to be successful you need to have a relevant marketing degree that is there's only one thing that's more useless in this world than a marketing degree, and that's a business mm. degree. I mean, just go out and fucking learn. You need seven to ten years marketing experience. Jesus mm. Christ. Commercial acumen and stakeholder management experience developing and executing retail campaigns, preferably retail ticketing campaigns. Drive and a passion and a knowledge of rugby. Drive and a passion and a knowledge of rugby. Jesus Christ. And then, at the end of it, how much do you think they're going to pay this person? Mm. I mean, they obviously want them to come to work in Moore Park. They aren't a member of the senior executive there. They aren't a member of the board, so they're probably not going to get a complimentary Land Rover to drive around in, you know. So anywhere between one hundred and twenty dollars to $190,000, mate, you'd fucking hope you'd get fuck all change out of one hundred and ninety because that's a big mm. job. And, mate, if you're paying breadcrumbs, you get yeah, pigeons. you need good grain. You need good grain for the pigeons. This is a job that needs to be fucking... Two bucks mm. fifth at least, because at least then you'd be attracting some talent. Otherwise, you know, this thing would end up like a political mm. party. You know, people that go into politics are just people who would not survive in the fucking private sector. Why they go they into just, politics to set themselves up to useless. potentially retire in the private sector with a cushy lobbying job or something, or a board job with a large fossil fuels company. And then it says a desirable trait for that is you go down to the bottom and it says. A strong work ethic. I mean, <laughs> you can come and do this job if you've got no work ethic, but, you know, it, it would be nice yeah. if you did have a strong work ethic. That'd be really nice. It'd be great if, if you could <laughs> maybe do a couple of hours overtime here and there when we got Wallabies tests on and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Just as long as, you know. Or just don't take the piss and have a fucking 45-minute yeah. lunch. I mean, we're... <laughs> if you like, can come in on a Friday and just do a couple of hours before you go out to lunch, that that's that's desirable. That'd put you in good stead there. Yeah. yeah. So there yeah. you go, positions anyway. if you're if you're keen on any of those jobs and you don't mind working six or seven hours a day, get your application in. Yep. So um, there has been a little bit of bickering over the last few days between uh, Rugby Australia and New Zealand Rugby about what's going to happen with Super Rugby next year. What do you reckon the future looks like in 2022, Errol? I don't know, mate. If this fucking pandemic has taught us anything, it's you, you just can't plan too far ahead. So... I think the silence from Super Rugby at the moment now is probably uh, a clever thing because you don't want to go ahead and plan everything and then, you know, 
have your season torn apart just because some government in New South Wales thinks they're above, you know, lockdowns. Yeah, exactly, which is um, unfortunately what's happened to the Super W season over the weekend. Uh, The President's 15 got their first win against the Brumbies and the Reds got their first win against the Rebels. Things were looking up. New South Wales, the Waratahs were going to bank their second win for the year uh, against the Western Force there, ready to roll out. And then like two hours before kickoff, bang. Off you go, game cancelled. Force women got to get out of there. Yep, they're freaking out because Western Australia closing borders left, right, and centre. The Force fifteen gone. They got to get out of there. Waratahs sent back to Sydney. Mate, I think they're just gonna have to bush it. Mm. It's sad, but I can't see Rugby Australia bending over backwards uh, to save the Super W season, which is sad. You've just seen, you know, our Australian cricket team is heading over to the West Indies. They just landed on the tiny West Indian island of St. Lucia. They took off from Brisbane on a Qantas Dreamliner and they flew direct, straight from Brisbane to St. Lucia. I mean, rugby could be doing that for the Western Force, but they won't. Yeah, they could be setting up. There's only like a month to go of the competition. It's not the longest competition in the world. They absolutely could open the purse strings and find a way to make this competition happen. Obviously, it's tricky because almost all of the players have other jobs as well. You know what I mean? Their rugby isn't their yeah. full-time job, so they can't just duck nah. off and you know isolate and do, do bubbles for weeks on end without help from Rugby Australia, which, as you mentioned before, unlikely that that's going to happen. So it's it's a real shame for, for that competition, and we're supposed to have a World Cup in next year for the Wallaroos. It's concerning. It is concerning, but look, I don't think that the girls are going to give up. I think that rugby always finds a way, and it's a shame that rugby Australia can't dig deep and, you know, pay these girls to take some Mm. time off and just get the competition done. I mean, just fly them all to to Toowoomba. Mm. They can just play the competition out, just play on the weekend, have a couple night games during the week and just have it, you know done and dusted in two weeks and then they can go home and go back and play for their club yeah it wouldn't take that much of an effort to make it happen and sort the whole thing out so let's hope some arrangement can become to there but we should talk about now uh the internationals that happened uh, a few days ago mate the lions pumped japan but i don't think it was a pumping the japanese held Mm. their own it was a great try they scored though i mean you know it's very hard to score points against you know the Lions, which arguably is, you know, should be the best team in the yeah. world. It was a great performance from the Japanese. They love having a go and they love sticking it to these big teams. Of course, they bumped Ireland and Scotland in the World Cup a couple of years ago. And there was some people saying that they're a little bit of a chance against the Lions. They play an exciting, exciting game of footy. Fast hands, yeah. lots of offloads, quick, quick ball. Um, but the big, big forwards of the Lions and the big centers of the Lions. Um, yeah kind of got around them and they played a smart tactical game one of the most surprising things you'll ever see though you look at that scoreboard and you won't see a single penalty kicked by the Lions not even a single penalty attempt by the Lions a Northern Hemisphere team made up of the best Northern Hemisphere players playing in the Northern Hemisphere and they didn't kick a single penalty goal Wonders never cease. Yeah, that's what you get for having a Welsh <laughs> captain. They play mm. hard rugby. If the captain was English, you know, they'd all be mm. penalties. You know, there'd be no tries. You know, the only try of the game would be from the Japanese. But it was disappointing 
uh, to see their Welsh captain, Alan Jones, um, get injured. He's out for the series. Yeah, uh, shame for him. That happened in like the 10th minute, I think. He was done and dusted. And they yeah. made that Irishman, Connor Murray, the nine for Ireland, the captain of the Lions tour, which um, continues on this weekend. They're supposed to be playing the South African Lions. Uh, if you remember them yeah. from the, the... Fuck, that's going to be an absolute mm. bloodbath. <laughs> it could be a real bloodbath. <laughs> right, right. The Lions, when they used to be the Cats, they were woeful. Yeah. I mean, they were the glory days of Super Rugby, I reckon, is when, you know, I, I used to set my alarm for 2.45 to get up and watch the Brumbies play the Lions on a mm. Thursday night. That was the rugby high watermark. Yeah. In my the glorious, opinion. glorious days. Yeah, they could bump them. I had a quick look at the South African Lions squad that got announced, <laughs> and I didn't recognise any names. So I think they must have lost their good players from a few years ago. The good, the good ones that they yeah, that they did yeah, have. Yeah. So um, you'd expect the British and Irish Lions to just roll straight through them, and we might have two games of Lions football in a year. The first two games without a single penalty kicked. It could be. It could be wild, but there is serious concerns for the rest of their tour because three South African Springboks tested positive to COVID, and you'd imagine it's the Delta variant. That's the one that's mm. that they've got under over there, which is wreaking havoc. They're isolating in um, a resort. The whole team is in a resort where they're the only guests there. Oh, half yeah, your luck. So, I mean, obviously, more COVID's probably not going to come back in when they deal with this, but... If it's the whatever strain it is, and they're probably spreading it throughout the whole setup, because you'd imagine those three boys would have been passing balls with other blokes, lifting blokes in lineouts, practicing scrums, backline moves, all that sort of stuff. So, fingers crossed, um, yeah. they don't have a full blown outback because they're supposed to play Georgia, I think, in uh, on the weekend. Yeah, right. Well, you know, guess we'll have to wait yeah, and see, we, mate. We will, and um, as we were saying a couple of months ago. Should have brought the Lions tour to Australia. Uh, at that time, when we were saying it, things were looking pretty good. Things were looking pretty COVID-free. Things were looking safe. But um, in hindsight, may have just had the same result that they're having now if they'd come here, I reckon. Yeah, look, I think that uh, we were getting ahead of ourselves when we were saying, you know, come and play your Lions game here. I mean, you know, I think the egg's on our face now. I mean, like, I've got mates, you know, Back in London, I've got mates, you know, over in New York who are, you know, out and about having the time of their young lives. And they, because I guess, you know, they're fucking, they're vaccinated and the people around them are vaccinated and, uh, you know, things are getting back to normal. Yeah, we're, um, we're, we're nearly I mean, there. Of all the places, mate, they should be playing this fucking Lions game in fucking lower Manhattan. I mean, it, it, just play them all there. I mean, it, It'd go off. Get Ernie Els, you know, he'd take all of his mates up from Florida. They'd go up to New York. They'd have the time of their life. Yeah, it would be uh, it would be, be quite a different vibe, but it'd be going off. A lot of expats there who'd love to get around it, I'm sure. Anyway, mate, you know, there was obviously a full-packed weekend of rugby in the hospital mm. cup. Shoot Shield got bushed, thanks to uh, certain mm. governments. But, yeah, you know, th- this isn't a political nah. podcast. You can tune into the Batuta podcast <laughs> if you want some <laughs> some biting political criticism but here in in rugby land where you know we're quite egalitarian mm. when it comes to who's to blame for this fucking mess but yeah look you know hopefully the shoot shield can get back on you'll be able you'll be able yep. to tune in once again on stan you're able to watch all this rugby action live on stan sport so if you still haven't got stan sport 
If you haven't even got Stan, get Stan. You know, get rid of fucking Disney because with Disney, there's no fucking... You don't need any more Star Wars. You don't need any more Star Wars. I mean, if you don't have kids, why are you watching fucking Pixar movies? You don't need them, you know. And National Geographic is owned by News Corp now, so it's gone to shit, so you don't need that. So, look, you can just Mm. bush your fucking Disney and you can just get your Stan and then you can try the Stan Sport trial. You can watch a couple of games of footy if you like it, you know. Good on you. You can keep keep it, it. you know, but just the most important thing to know is that any game of rugby union you want to watch here or around the world, and you can even watch fucking Wimbledon on stand. So you've got so much sport at your fingertips, and it's just a couple of Yeah, exactly. And there's plenty of internationals coming up this week. The All Blacks are probably going to put 80 or 90 on Tonga. They've got the Lions stuff as well. Of course, the (laughs) France series coming up with Australia, so get around it. Yeah, the New Zealand their Maori team's having a go yep. to. They're going to fucking destroy people, that team. I mean, have you had a look yeah, through it's, it? Um, it's, it? Wait, it's a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> I'd be genuinely concerned if they were playing the Wallabies too, I reckon, the old Maori All Blacks. Mate, if Iraq had that team back in 2003, they would have fucking carpet bombed the country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know. That's, well, I mean, at least they would have found something I mean, if they if the Maori All Blacks were over exactly, there at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, mate. Yeah, yeah. Dangerous. Yeah. So time. watch them. I'm looking watch forward them to get it. around this weekend. Yeah. That'll always be a, a good bit of fun as well. So plenty coming up. Satiate your rugby Lots, appetite, yep. and um, we look forward to talking to you next week. Hopefully, when we're not locked down up here in the Channel Country. Yeah. Hopefully, our uh, our next court will be face to face, mate. Fingers so, crossed. Uh, hope this all just blows over. <laughs> just get on top of it straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, mate. See ya. I'll talk to you next week. See ya.